0: Welcome to Travel Unites Us, a video series and podcast featuring stories straight from the heart of travel. Travel Unites Us shares stories from travelers around the globe, stories that get to the heart of who they are and what they do. Be sure to check out travelunitesus.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community. And Massimo's here. Yeah, hi. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're just going to do a brief interview, get you to know this wonderful man who lives in this beautiful part of Italy that is not the typical place that people go to. And that's why we wanted to do this interview with Massimo. Is He is a man who's traveled the world. He's, um, he's built his skills in the culinary um, world. And he has refurbished a palazzo in a tiny town that we want you to think about going to when these travel restrictions get lifted. So, Massimo, tell us a little bit about yourself and about um, your cooking school. And it's more than a cooking school because people can stay there, right?
1: Yes. Uh, my name is Massimo and um, owner of the Palazzo Turdo, which is a palace of, uh, built in 1732. Um it was built in this small little hilltop village in the in Abruzzo, which is in central Italy on the east Coast, near the Adriatic. So if you look at Rome, we're exactly on the other side on the coast. My dad uh, bought this Palazzo when he retired to be uh, a diplomat and um, I was working in America back then and I wanted to, come back to Italy so I figured why not not go go back and utilize this palazzo that my dad bought and fixed it up and and then by then he didn't know what to do with it so I had this idea of uh, hosting uh, North Americans and doing culinary tours and then um, I started 15 years ago small and then uh It got bigger and bigger and very successful ever since.
0: And Massimo, um, and just so everybody knows, Joan um, McGee-Quals, who is going to be with us today, she's a travel planner who has gotten to know and grow very fond of Massimo, um, of the area where um, he lives and where the Palazzo is based. Um, Her company, Tasteful Voyages, is focused around culinary experiences and filling your mouth with the flavors of where you visit. Um, and she was going to be with us today, but then we've had some technology issues. Massimo, do you have like, um, you know, who is the typical person who comes and, and spends time with you? How long do they spend there? And how do you structure those experiences?
1: Our tours are seven days, six nights, seven days. And uh, we pick up our guests uh, in Rome at the airport with our vans we pick them up and um, and we bring them back to uh, Caruncchio the little village where we we're at it's about a three-hour drive we chose the airport of Rome because it's a large airport so people just can even either, either get a direct flight or just one connection and then as soon as you land we'll you we'll take care of you from the beginning so Um, Then there's nothing else you have to worry about, we'll take care of everything. So we'll pick you up, take your luggage, put it in the van and drive you to the palazzo. And then uh, there's a welcome dinner, a briefing, and um, set you up in your rooms. And the rooms are all located on the outer part of this palazzo. The palazzo is like a big square building and and the rooms, they all have a view, they're all around the, the palazzo. Um and with a fantastic view because we are at the very top of this hilltop. And so you have the complete view, 360 degrees. The way it started for me, I always had guests that came when I was in college or at work, they came to visit me, and I would show them around and and we cook together, drink some wine, and show them some of the special places that this wonderful region has to offer. And they came as You know, I was their friend, and they came to visit me, and I was a good host. And they always loved it, and for a lot of them, it was a life-changing experience. They just really, really enjoyed it. And when they left, they told me I was a great host, and and, uh, I should do this for a living. And once, I was miserable in my cubicle in the U.S., working (laughs) for a big corporate America, and then I... Then I said, that's it. I can't do this anymore. And then I, I remember that. Uh, some of my friends told me, you should do this for a living. So I figured I wanted to be happy and do something fun and be happy doing something exciting. So,
0: Jones back.
2: <laughs> I out how to get over here in the picture. Bye, guys. Go in the opposite direction that you're moving. I know. It's, it's backwards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good to have you back, Joan. So Joan is live in San Diego. There we go. She just got, she just got up out in California.
1: <laughs> I was telling the story about how it all started. So then we just, uh, you know, decided to um, uh, uh, just do this tour for seven days. And uh, so, like I was telling you, pick up guests at the airport, and then um, what we do, we we do. We organize the seven days in where in the first part of the day we do some cooking, and in the, in the second part of the day we do guided tours. And so, uh, either or, like we, you know, sometimes morning cooking, afternoon guided tours, or vice versa.
0: So, what would the guided tours be like? Where would people go? Um, I'm not familiar with that region of Italy at all. Well.
1: We, for example, we take them on Monday, we go to see an olive grove, where we show them how olive oil is made, and then we, uh, there's an olive grove, we show them how the olive tree, what the olive trees look like, the different varieties of olives, and then we do a professional tasting on, um, on how to taste olive oil. And then... um, and the other places where we go to, we go in, in Vasto and see a fishing house, which is a fishing house that sits on stilts. And then we do give a guided tour of Vasto, which is also my hometown. And this town is pre-Roman. It's about 2,700 years old. Wow. Plus or minus 200 years. <laughs> and then... Uh, And then we go see, we go truffle hunting, then we go see a bell foundry, the, you know, one of the only two artisan bell founders left in the world. And then we see a cheese maker, you know, lots of stuff.
0: So Joan, how did you meet Massimo? And how does Massimo sort of fit into the way that you um, try to help people experience journeys like he
2: offers? Well, um, I met Massimo back in 2012, um, came across his uh, program, and I went in October 2012 with a good friend of mine. Um, And I had been to a different cooking program in Italy a few years prior to that, and this was very different. This is really, it's a more authentic Italian experience. The palazzo where you stay is beautiful. It's comfortable. And the little village there is also just really cool. There's pretty much the guests at the palazzo are the only Americans who are around. So <laughs> it's a different experience than than Americans would typically find in, in Italy. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Um, and Massimo and his team are just fabulous hosts and you know one of the things that I would like to say that's really unique about this experience is that it truly is an all-inclusive it's not like you're all-inclusive you know in Cancun or the Dominican Republic but from the moment that you're picked up at the airport and taken to the Palazzo pretty much everything is taken care of and everything is included in the price um, you know the only money that you might spend during the week is the day when we go into town and have the porchetta, you buy yourself a drink. And the day that we go to Vasto, you might want to get yourself a gelato, you know, so everything else is included. You know, the chef, he's just a fabulous, fabulous chef, and he prepares all the meals that the guests eat in the main dining room. And then he and some other folks help out with the cooking. So there's kind of two different parts of the meals. There's more formal meals that are in the main dining room, the Palazzo, and then when we have the cooking classes, we eat what we cook. And so those are a little less formal. Like and, and family uh, style. It's family style. And there's mm-hmm. um, in the, the big kitchen, there's like a long table. So that's the work table when we're preparing the food. And then once the food is ready to eat, you know, they switch it out, put placemats and place settings out, and then we all sit and have a meal together. And one other thing I wanted to say about this program is that it truly is a hands on program. There's some cooking classes that are really more of a demonstration, but this one you're given like sharp knives and serious knives, and it's, it's, it's the real deal.
0: <laughs> so, so let's first talk about where the Palazzo sits. We used a picture of it, um, Massimo, to promote today's discussion. It, it. How many people live in that little town?
1: Uh, six hundred people. Uh, mm-hmm. The altitude is about twenty-two uh, hundred feet, and uh, the average age is pretty high. And. Um, it's a, uh, it's one of the, it's rural Italy and it's a, a medieval village. And so, um, uh, it's very authentic. And if, you know, I know there's every, a catchy phrase that everybody uses, you know, the, the real Italy, this is the real you know, Italy, right? not, 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 yeah. not like the, the, you know, the tourist traps. And, and so you get to experience the, the, really the the real Italy. and there's no better way to discover a country other than through food, you know wine, and talking to you know the the, the locals and uh, uh, and someone that can be a a good host and show you what uh, what uh, what it's like living in Italy. and then then you got some free time to just wander around and walk through the village and See the people hanging their clothes with their <laughs> shirts and underwear and stuff like that, and you hear people talking, and you know, just you see all these old folks walking around the, the little square. You know, it's a bit of Joan, everything.
0: Joan, how would you compare that town, and and how it makes you feel? Um, you know, not just being at the palazzo, going through the cooking classes, enjoying the beautiful flavors, but also. The the village itself, is there, does that contribute to the experience in any way? And if so, how how do you express that?
2: Definitely. I mean, the Palazzo is situated kind of at the top of the hill and there's, there's another Palazzo next to it that still is kind of, it hasn't been restored. And then the church is next to that. And then the whole village kind of spills down the hill below the palazzo and guests typically really enjoy just getting out and walking around the town. And there's, you can either walk kind of like on the road and then there's also like, kind of like little steps cut in on the side, you know, where you can go. It's just beautiful. Every, every direction you look, there's something just beautiful to look at. Um, And guests really do enjoy getting down and walking around town. There's a little bar in town. Um, One of the pictures I had in my presentation was the guys playing cards in the bar. Um, And it's, um, it, it definitely contributes to, to the atmosphere. Um, it's just, it's so peaceful and so quiet and the air is so clean and the views all around are just gorgeous. And it's it's just really a treat to be there. I mean, it's my personal happy place which is why I've been there four times and wanna go back as soon as I can. <laughs>
0: Now, Massimo, um, my mother and my grandmother were from Naples. Well, my grandmother was from Naples on my mother's side. My mother was raised in a Neapolitan house. Yeah. How would you describe the local, you know, do you do you cook from any region of Italy or do you try to make it specific to that region since you grew up there? Is there a way to describe the... You know the regional food in context with maybe places that people have been to
1: well we try to be authentic so um we use uh you know the 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 food from abruzzo so um uh we do throw in some some typical classic italian dishes but mostly we stry- try to stay with the abruzzo recipes and what the Brutzo recipes are all about is use few ingredients, but good quality ones. So in every dish, you'll see two or three ingredients. And, um, we don't overdo it with stuff, but, uh, we use the finest ingredients. And, um, and that's what, what our cuisine really is all about. And, um, and when we do the cooking classes, we try to keep it simple and use seasonal stuff. And uh, things that you can find back home, you know, so we don't go crazy with unique ingredients.
0: So what would be, what would be a, a very regional dish that would be distinct from, say, something I would eat in Naples or Rome or up in, in Tuscany? Is there, is there a very um, regional, popular dish that's something you try to introduce people to?
1: Well, there are many. Um, for example the spaghetti the rest of italy the spaghetti are round right the spaghetti in abruzzo are squared so the, the it's called uh, pasta alla guitarra um so that then we have we're famous for a very special spice called pepetrito which is a red spice made with uh peppers and there's uh it's you can find the spicy hot or this uh, sweet uh, spice, similar to paprika. And then um, we have uh, really a variety, many, many different dishes. The most important thing is seasonal, fresh, and all the ingredients that we use, they actually taste like what they're supposed to be tasting like. <laughs> like once you taste a zucchini from us or a tomato or really eggplant or anything like that that's what a zucchini is supposed to taste like it it's not uh you know when i come to the us and do some cooking demonstrations um uh, and we use the you know vegetables that are provided they don't taste much
0: you know? joe and i had this discussion we were talking about i you know my my favorite story is when i was in uh greece And I was on a small island and I tasted the strawberries from somewhere local. I don't know where strawberries would have been imported to the small island. But I said to Sessie, the woman that I was um, traveling with, I said to her, these are so different than what we get in America. Joan, what's been your experience? Because this is kind of the flavor. of what we were trying to accomplish with this Facebook page and this movement is that there are, there are certain things you cannot experience going to an Italian restaurant in New York City because that Italian restaurant in New York City is going to be buying its produce in the United States. It's, it's very rarely importing enough ingredients from overseas to really give you that kind of flavor. What's been your experience in terms of, you've dined all over the world, you've dined all over the United States, when you dine in Italy, how would you describe for anybody who may challenge what I just said to say, oh really what do you what do you think about what Massimo said about how the ingredients locally are just too unique to find anywhere
2: else well it's it's not necessarily that it's unique. I mean there are some things that you might have a harder time finding here, but to echo what Massimo said it's just the freshness of the ingredients, and and I think especially in Abruzzo, everything is pretty much local. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that's being you know imported from even different parts of Italy, and so that's that's just it. You know, the other um, Massimo, the other um, Abruzzese food is is the ventricina that fabulous salami that they make. Um, yes. Yeah, and and that actually takes advantage of the spice that he was talking about, the paprika. They take like cuts of meat. And they rub them in the spice, and then they stuff them by hand into the casing. So it's a very unique kind of a sausage because you actually have, when you slice it, there's like hunks of meat, and you can see the spices around. And what's the other one, Massimo, with the fennel? That's only at certain times of the year. Uh,
1: the fennel, um, the fennel seeds. Yeah. Well, there's you know we have the the, the ventricina, and then we have the soppressata, the the um, oh. lonza all kinds of cured salamis but also the 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 vegetables going back to the vegetables they taste that way mm-hmm. it's a, for many reasons for freshness because one thing is like when you get the vegetables you cut them off you know off the ground and within six hours 10 hours yeah. they're there they don't go they, they didn't spray nitrogen they don't go to some warehouse and then they sit somewhere else and and um and for us being organic it's given so um, <laughs> and and it's one thing when you take a vegetable or a fruit you pick it off for example fruit off the tree when it's ripe and then you put it to the table right uh, usually it went mainstream or big in industry you pick it up way early. You spray nitrogen where you, you kind of like, you freeze it within, you take out the oxidization process, and then you bring it back to life after a week. And there's no flavor there. It didn't ripen the tree. It's right. completely different. And yep. we take big pride in freshness and the highest quality that we can do. We will only settle with extraordinary.
0: One of my fondest memories as a child, my uh, father used to love in the summertime to um, cut up fresh peaches at night and put them in vanilla ice cream. And I don't think it's my childhood fooling me. The peaches back then were different. I'm 55 years old, so I'm going back maybe 40 years, uh, maybe a little bit more than 40 years And we have, we've done something in the United States to our our food production um, supply line that's taken the flavors out and they're not as rich. Um, Where, you know, so tell me about in that region, what are some of the ingredients that are very indigenous right in the area?
1: Ingredients from this
0: area? Um, Is it it everything? Everything from porchetta? (laughs) Well,
1: it's... um... This isn't really an ingredient per se that is indigenous from this area. It's, uh, it's, it's. We pretty much grow everything. The agriculture concept that it's in this in Italy in general, but especially in this part of the area. Um, what what they do is not. You don't have acres and acres and acres of one crop. You have like like a, a couple of acres, and then there's like five or six different crops. Then the farmers they take those crops and then bring it to a co-op, and then they distribute it again. So there isn't really an ingredient per se that is indigenous. You know, for example, you know we're also famous for um, uh, saffron. We're the largest producer of saffron of the highest quality, grade one A in our area we have the perfect microclimate also another thing that we're famous for is um, uh, truffles black truffles we have lots of black truffles around our area especially in the little village where we're at yeah so you know there's lots of ingredients out here uh, but uh, there's nothing really indigenous
2: so that's actually a, a good segue what he's talking about. Um, when you're staying at the palazzo for the week, as Massimo mentioned, there's basically food related field trips and you have the cooking classes, but then there's also some supplemental things that you can do. and you know the I've been there four times it's since, really uh, the have varied during that time. Um, but one of the things that we've been able to do again, depending on the season is go on a truffle hunt. You know, and they've got the dogs and there's a local guy that has a field, you know, where the truffles are. And it was it's just an amazing experience. And you go back to the Palazzo and you're having the shaved truffles that you found. I think maybe that day you have pasta or something. It's, you know, I I don't remember exactly. And then one of the other experiences, you know, one of the days when we go into Vasto um, and it's on the Adriatic Sea, they have the Turboco, which are like these um, fishing houses that are on stilts and they have that dip into the water. And some of them do serve food. They're only allowed to serve food that they caught. So it's just this amazing seafood. You know, some of the stuff they catch in the nets, but they also go and they dive and they get shrimp and octopus and stuff like that out of the water. So the seafood there is just absolutely fresh. I mean, it's literally just right out of the sea. And it's, it's, it's just also such a unique thing to see. I mean, they're only, as far as I know, on, on the Adriatic, either in Italy or maybe Croatia. And there's just a handful of them left. And, and, it's just, it's just such a unique and fun and beautiful and memorable experience.
0: Joan, I just see the joy coming out of you when you, when you, when you're remembering the, the feelings and the, uh,
2: and the experiences. Yeah. How, how many times have you been there, Joan? I've been there four times. Four times. i <laughs> am seen in the comments there's somebody else that's been there four times. I mean, that's one of the other things that I think is really a testament to this program. I mean, it's, It's a unique program. People love it. And Masmo gets a lot of repeat customers. And I think there's a group of people that go every year in September. Yes,
1: they're they're spread out. Look, uh, I'm looking in the comments here. I see Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Tony, (laughs) Judy Lambert from Sacramento. I'd like to go there. What do you know? You've got a friend in Sacramento now. Me. And Melanie from Minnesota. And then there's uh, Brenda Elizabeth Gretz, who's supposed to be coming in July hopefully uh Aww. things will open up and um and Eddie Abruzzo that comes every year <laughs> he got married there at the Palazzo and uh, oh, he's supposed gosh. to come again in another <laughs> California dude and then there's Hedy. they came once Chad Terrell, my good uh This guy used to be, used to work together with me in corporate America. And he used to stand next to me on the cubicle. Never came to visit me. One of the few guys that never came to visit. I hope to see you soon, Chad and your wife, Christine. And then there's Jim, Ira, uh, husband of uh, Carrie, been there four times. You know, there's um, lots of people that, uh, former guests. We have a saying, you know, you you come as a guest and you leave as family.
2: Um, It's true. I cry every time I leave. I feel like I'm leaving my my good family and and I it's I always want to know when I'm going to return. It's good to have that in my back pocket that I'm going to go back to that little hilltop.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yes, we we love what we do and we love to host our our friends. And it's really and the attitude is very, very laid back. You just have to pretend that you're visiting a friend and they um, casual, very easy going. And when people come at the beginning they're a little bit stiff, then my job is to loosen them up, and then once the wine is flowing, it's it's all great. And then
0: why do you think they're stiff? What? Why would you be stiff coming to a beautiful
2: mountaintop palazzo?
0: Well, I can, because, I can you,
2: that. because people they don't know. You see it online, and you think, oh, you know, is this going to be a good thing? Yeah. And then like when you go to the airport, like you're nervous. Like, am I in the right place? And how am I going to know? You know who it is. And people are kind of like looking around and then they start talking, oh, are you here for the cooking program? So the group gets together and then usually on the bus, everybody's quiet. And it takes maybe like three and a half hours to get from the Rome airport to Caruncio. And they stop midway, they stop at one of the auto grills and people get out and use the bathroom and people start loading up on snacks and stuff in the shop then. And by the time people get back on the bus with their snacks, they're starting to loosen up a little bit and then you get to the Palazzo and, and Massimo or his sister Christina are there to welcome you. They have a beautiful welcome drink and then they show you to your rooms and all the rooms, they're, they're different, but the views out of all the rooms are just gorgeous. It's just, you know, it's a stunning place to be and it's just, you know, it is like being in a big house. It really is and, you know, people get settled and then you come down and you have your first dinner and the first dinner is just magnificent. Dino is a fabulous chef and he just knocks himself out so and then you get up in the morning and there's another beautiful breakfast and Dino's you know prepared all the pastries and everything and and you know you go out on the field trip the first day and people are starting to talk and get to know each other it's been my experience um in the middle of the week when we go into Vasto and have the Trevoco experience that's typically when everybody's like everybody's best friend and it's kind of funny every time I've been there every group always thinks they're the best group ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> are we the best group ever? Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Joan, when when you were talking about um, you know, the bus and everything. What's the what's the optimal size group? Is, well, is there an optimal size?
2: Group? How many you can accommodate? And I know you've added you have that little building next door that you can use now too and
1: well it's just a, it's just an extra room it's a honeymoon suite we have 12 rooms so if everybody's double occupancy it's 24 people usually the average is about 20 so a couple will have um, you know single occupancy maybe we have a, a room empty but you know so more or less the average is uh 20 people 18 20 people so the 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 larger the group the more fun it is And the more people you meet, I have to tell another thing that maybe John can let you know this too. Um, New friendships were born in that one week that you get there because people don't know each other. There's two people from Arizona, two from California, two from New York, two from Texas, and they all get together there. Sometimes we get groups where everybody knows each other, but it's rare. Most of the times, it's two people here, one person there, two people there from all over the U.S. and Canada. They come there. They're strangers. They don't know each other. And I don't know what it's like. Uh, All of a sudden, camaraderie happens, and and people just start really enjoying what we have to do. And we don't do any crazy stuff. It's really... We cook good food. We show them around. The wine is always flowing. You're in a a very peaceful uh, setup. Um, There's no cars. There's no crime. So what? You know, people always. After a while, they put their guards down and they relax. And then sometimes they get really too relaxed, but you know. (laughs) uh, And uh, but it's just fun, and I just love seeing it, and I just love what i do you know my job is hosting people and and chatting and you know i sit at the bar at night you know and um just hang out and uh, and just meeting new people every week is just That's the best
2: it is you know it's part of what helps people friends it's just the shared experience that you have during that week um and you know people come there with varying degrees of cooking skills i mean i've been there with people that don't think they're going to cook and by the second class they're pitching in and stuff like that. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention too, Massimo is also a certified sommelier. So one of the activities that they do, and I hope you still do it, is uh, wine tasting in one of the afternoons, which is really Interesting, and uh, I think people really enjoy that too. You bring in different kinds of wines, and he talks about the different flavors that people can pick up in the wines and talks about how the wine is made. And then the wine that we have that you have there doesn't have any um, sulfites in it. So, no. one of the things that Massimo always um, points out is that <clears throat> you have a headache when you wake up in the morning, even people who are not red wine drinkers. Um, it's mostly red wine, right, Massimo? What's your theory yes.
1: about white wine? <laughs> well, I, I'm not a big fan of white wine. And, um,
2: <laughs> neither am I.
1: No, sorry. I'm very opinionated. Uh, <laughs> no. We do have it. Uh, so I do this. Red wine is free. And it's all you can drink. If you want white wine, you can get it at the bar. Um, uh, and then when we go out on the, on the Trabocco, it's, uh, it's all white because it, we're having fish. So oh. we're going to have white wine. And then um, on Friday, it's beer day because we're having a porchetta, you know, gourmet street food. So we're having a porchetta sandwich and then oh. at night we're having pizza. But you still have the option. If you don't want beer, you can have uh, wine if you want. So no, but uh, yes, we mix it up, and it's very educational.
0: So, Massimo, I am a big fan of Italian Reds. Um, uh, I- I'll do anything from a Brunello to a Barolo, a Sangiovese. Is there a way to describe, uh, or, or I mean, a is there wine that's indigenous to that region? And, yes. and you describe it. Is it how does it compare to some other Italian Reds?
2: It's really good. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well,
2: <laughs> is there an it's, Italian red that isn't?
1: <laughs> no, yes, there is.
2: There is, uh, okay.
1: But, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> um, so uh, so basically, we have four indigenous grapes. We have uh, Montevulciano, which is red. Then we That's have two whites. Yep. We, we have two whites, which is uh, Pegorino and uh, Trebbiano. And then we have a rosé called uh, Cerasuolo. Mm-hmm. now the, uh, the, the what the, our region is famous for is the Montevulciano d'Abruzzo which right. is uh, a very bold red full body strong and um, the taste of it you know you can taste um, blackberry black cherry and black currant that is what uh, those are the scents that you can smell out of it um, when when we cook we use, you know, when we serve the food, we, we pair with Monte Bruciano because it's not coincidental. You always want to go local. So if you're having authentic Abruzzese dishes, the only one that goes well is Monte Bruciano. Um Then there's lots of wines in Italy. I'm a, a certified sommelier, <laughs> so I know them pretty much all. Oh, I, I just, and I can I just... describe them all, but I'm not going to do that.
0: I want to share. Ira Jim Good says white wine is defective in all caps.
2: Gee, I wonder where he heard that. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Well, Jim,
1: Jim is, uh, you know, he came four times and uh, he heard it a few times from me. And uh, so my job is to educate people. I don't, you know, tell them, I tell them what what really Taste like, and, um, and what the values of the white wine is all about, the smells and the, the, the scents and where it's come from. Right. And so I describe it. And then at the end, they make their own judgment.
0: Right. Well, I'm a big Monty fan. Monte I've been drinking it about four or five years now. And we don't get too, we, it's, um, we have a couple of good distributors here in the Hudson Valley, and I can get a really good bottle. You know, pretty regularly. Um, now, for the meals, how many over those seven days? How many meals it, are is the group cooking every single day? Is it? Well, there's cooking. Okay,
1: so Sunday you arrive Sunday afternoon, and then you have your dinner. Then Monday, so we basically we have four cooking classes. Okay, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, so, you, you cook uh, Monday dinner, Tuesday lunch. Then Wednesday, there's no cooking because we are out all day. Right. And then Thursday, you cook lunch. And Friday, there's the big party, the pizza party. We're making pizza. Ah. And so, um, so four cooking classes. Uh, so, it's not really all about cooking. There's right. some cooking. It's very like laid back, very easy. And... Um, and there is, it's really fun, you
0: know. Well, I've told Eddie Abruzzo that I need to see his wedding pictures. <laughs> uh,
2: and and, and I'm in a word for my friend Jean-Marie. When are you going to get that chiminea?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wow. Jean-Marie from uh, New is, Jersey.
0: What is your access to the Palazzo? Are you allowed to go to the Palazzo? If we were to try to schedule time... So that you could be there on your well, a is the Wi-Fi good in the in the palazzo? That you could maybe show us the rooms and show us the the. Well, yes, I could,
1: but right now we're still in lockdown.
0: So, you are. Um, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. So the, they'll probably open up. Uh, the government in Italy is playing it beyond extra safe. So, um, and he's they're doing. All of Italy. Now, you have to understand one thing. Since we're here, we'll talk about the coronavirus and we'll tell mm-hmm. you what's going on really here. So 80% of the cases are in the northern part of Italy. Right. 20% of the cases are in the rest of Italy. There are some regions, they don't even have it. Zero, nothing. Like in Molise, the region that is five miles from us, they have zero people affected Um, but since it's the nation so the lockdown works for everyone and uh, so in the south there isn't much the the big mess is up north, uh, Milan and the Veneto area and Piacenza and all that area so um, uh, but we are in lockdown so we can't leave the house, technically I could but I'm trying to be a good citizen and just uh, don't go out and, 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 and stimulate others to go out. So I stay put. So for a while, um I we won't be able to get out probably a couple more weeks. And then, okay. Uh, and then and then we can do it later on, I guess. When Absolutely. We're ready to let's go. let's put we don't, that know, in the yet the we don't right. know yet the date. We don't know yet the date. It's gonna be a while.
0: It's it's unfortunate. Well we're we're definitely going to be here for you because I want to see some uh, some of the rooms. I want. I know we can see them uh, the photos, but to see them visually in video and to see you you know walking through the building is definitely something we want to put on the agenda. Um, yes. Joan, as we wrap up, anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to add?
2: Um, well, you know, Massimo. Again, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I had mentioned earlier some of the supplemental things and at various times when we've been there, there's been a watercolor class. There's you know, they take people out for a guided hike. There's been a massage therapist that may come in from time to time. Um, and you, I know when we were there the last time, you were talking about adding another spa. I don't know what the progress is with that. Well, the, the
1: spa, um, well, so the masseuse always comes every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, <clears throat> uh, we have half a day off on Thursday where we do extracurricular activities where people can choose to do, you know. So we offer some seasonal activities. It's truffle season. Who wants to go truffle hunting? Me, 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 me. Uh, All right, so there's no truffle hunting we'll do. We have an artist come in and teach how to do watercolors. And so um, for a while, we had an artist who used to do mosaics. Uh, So he'll teach you how to make a mosaic. So with, uh, with uh, pieces of, um, of stone, and um, but he was an artist. So he kind of went crazy a little bit. <laughs> He's not around anymore. Um, so we change up things. And, um, and then we just built, uh, for this year, we're supposed to have the grand opening of our spa. We, we have a building right across the Palazzo, and we built the spa, which is... Um, it's an Italian spa, it's different from what you might think. So you walk in, there's a there's a tea room, there's a relaxing room uh, with lounge chairs where you can lay down and relax, then you walk upstairs and then there's a, a, a panoramic dry sauna, a Finnish sauna. Panoramic is fantastic because the front, it's all glass and you are on top of the mountain and you have a clear view of the rooftops and then wild clean mountains in front usually the saunas they're in a dungeon in the in the basement of something then there's um and this is all panoramic then we have uh, <clears throat> uh, a steam room which is very very nice and then we have um, an emotional shower which is a uh, it's, uh, it's hard to explain. Anyway, so this water comes out and then the smells of papaya comes out with a warm rainfall. Um, and then there's, um, there's uh, a medieval shower. So there's like a, a big bucket filled with cold water. You pull a chain and you get this, you know, 10 gallons of water that hits you of cold water. So when you come out of the steam room, you go there and your heart and you get this cold water wash and it's an amazing experience very good oh. for you and then we have a top of the line massage room and we have two masseuses they're going to be working there so you can have a forehand massage and then we have uh we're supposed to finish up uh, but we got interrupted build a salt room so it's a room with uh himalayan salts all over And you smell this, uh, breathe this Himalayan salt and will cleanse and and clean everything out, which is very therapeutic.
2: So the other thing that I wanted to mention in a typical season, I think the Palazzo is running pretty much from the end of March to the beginning of November. You have a wellness program up in the national park and then a different food program that's more seafood focused in Vasto.
1: Yes, the the, the, um, the one in the reserve, we we removed that program because I just built a spa. So we're going to be doing it ourselves okay. because I wasn't satisfied with the standard. You know, I want um, for some things, I'm a perfectionist and uh, I wanted to have it just right and accommodate the because I understand and I know my guests. So I want to give them the, the perfect service. And then we have another program, which is on the coast. So the people that love seafood, fish, and want to be close, like over the sea, with a view of the sea, mm-hmm. we have another program in a different location, uh, which is right there. I'm not there personally. We have someone else that works there. And, um, and uh, it's a different concept. It's called a Diffused Hotel. So it's in a village. Instead of having a building, and it's got vertical hospitality, so one floor, two floor, three floors, this one is spread out. So it's in an old fishing village where there's like a, it was the old fishermen residences. So one house here, then a block away, there's another house, and another block away, there's another little house. They're all cottages, and there's 19 of those. So those are your residents. Then there's a central reception area, in a central restaurant, that's mm. where all the activities take part.
0: And is that open or you're about to open that?
1: It's been open for the last, you know, 10 years. Uh, but
2: Not every, every week, it's, it's scheduled
1: differently. It, it, it is, yes. We, we don't do so much volume. So for us, you know, we work every week from March till end of November. Right. Um, over there, we have selected weeks where, where we do it. But it's, you know, if you love fish, it's really fish, seafood oriented. If you don't like fish or allergic to black mussels or clams or you don't eat shrimp, that's not the place for you.
2: A couple of classes that you offer here at the Palazzo that are for more experienced cooks, is that correct?
1: Yes, we do offer. Let's say we have, um, sometimes we got like, um, Some restaurant uh, managers or chefs, they want to come. And so they feel that their menu is stagnant. So they come in and we we freshen up their menu and give them some new ideas. It's all about if you're a high-end chef, you want to travel, you want experience. And so we deliver that experience and we waste no time. And so they come in, we don't do prep work. So we do, like, when, when we, do, we play with our guests, we do, like, three dishes per day. When the, the chefs come, we do 10, 15 dishes a day. And so uh, it's more intense, but it's completely a different league. Uh, it's for professionals, and uh, it's a little bit more expensive.
0: I'm going to try something here. So just bear with me a second, and let's see if this works. And... Does that does that look familiar, Massimo? Yes, it is.
1: Oh, that's Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> he sent it to you. <laughs> yeah. Is this the
0: church next door to your? Yes, yes, yes. Oh it my is. gosh! It
1: is. We wigged that wedding like really very quickly. My sister does a great job. She's like a. She discovered she could be like a wedding planner.
0: <laughs> my goodness! Look at that church.
1: Yes. But that, I have to tell you, that place, the Caruncio, the Palazzo, that church is, um, if a photographer or videographer comes, they say, this is perfect scenario. It's like, he'll go crazy taking pictures. We have, there's so many spots. It's so romantic, so unique. You have so much, so much stuff, you know, with the stone walls, with the bricks, with the the wood, the old wood, everything. It's am- am- amazing to take pictures.
0: Well, Eddie and I grew up about 15 miles apart on Long Island. So, uh, Eddie, uh, I'm a Syosset boy. You're from Levittown.
2: <laughs> Another thing, I see somebody just put a comment in here. And, and Masmo. I don't know if you touched on this earlier, but <clears throat> people do come for heritage. Tours, And I, I know one of the times that I was there, there were two sisters and they had coordinated and Massimo and his family were able to take them out to meet with cousins that they had never met before. And that was just an incredibly moving experience. And I think you also will help people go through the uh, citizenship process.
1: Well, yes. So we do um, genealogy projects for we could do it for all, all over Italy, but we're just going to focus on. Abruzzo and, and Molise, really. So um, if you um, have an Abruzzo heritage or Molise, uh, we, can, um, we, we offer three, of three different packages. So uh, the basic package on Thursday afternoon, we have half day off. So we'll take the car and take you to the village where your ancestors are from. And then um, we'll take you there and show you around. If you want the premium package, you tell us before you come. You tell us where you're from. You tell us the date of birth of your ancestor. We rebuild the family tree. We make all the connections. We find cousins or relatives that you're not even aware that you have. We do all the groundwork. When you come to Abruzzo, we'll take you there, meet you up with uh with you know everybody and uh and it's an incredible emotional experience and uh, you're walking the footsteps of your ancestors you cannot describe it words no. don't do justice no i get the the chills and the, you know my my you know it's it just it's an amazing experience and uh and I can imagine what it's like to experience that so we give and for me, it's such a pleasure to give joy to all these people that have that heritage and meet a distant cousin. But also, when you're there, you don't realize. You're doing the car, ha, 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 you don't think about it. Once you get there, it hits you. you. You don't know, you don't realize, then you start seeing familiar faces. You're smelling the food that is coming out of the, the, the houses there. And it's familiar to you. It's in your blood. Right. You feel it. And when you're there, then you see places, you recognize last names. And then maybe you'll meet if they're, they exist, they're, they're alive. If they're alive, I find them. If they're <laughs> alive, then we, we connect with the relatives. And um, and I have techniques and strategies. You know, there's, there's like old clubs of older folks, you know, retirement clubs. And the old men are playing cards. So I go in there. And then, and then I, when I do my investigation and I says I ask, who is the retired mailman or the, you know, the retired teacher? And then if I find the retired mailman, I'm set. He knows everything of everyone because he's been, you know, reading the mail of everybody when they were, when they were you know, delivering mail for 45 years. So he knows everybody inside out. And he's the best person to get information out. Or the teacher. You know, a retired teacher has been teaching for generations. So he knows that pretty much every family of the whole town. Usually we're talking about towns of a thousand, two thousand people. So they all wow. know each other. So I do all the groundwork, set it all up, and then I bring my guest over. And, you know, it's just an amazing experience. And I love it. And then we also... That's the second package. And the third package is if you have Italian heritage, doesn't matter from where, Sicily, I, you know. Uh, I think- Eddie is from, a, Eddie Abruzzo with his last name, <laughs> Eddie Abruzzo, he's actually from Sicily. And uh, so he wants to do the, well, this year was supposed to be the year to do the dual citizenship. So uh. if you have Italians, uh, Italian um, heritage, you can get dual citizenship. So you can claim back in the citizenship process, and we help you out with that. And uh, the perks of having dual citizenship are free education, free healthcare here in Italy, um, <clears throat> no property tax on your first house here in Italy, and uh, so. And then you can come and stay as long as you want, and you can get a work permit to work anywhere in Europe because you become a European citizen. So. You can, you know, get Italian citizenship and go work in France or in Germany or if you want, you know, whatever you want, uh, anywhere in Europe.
0: Well, I'm asking Dawn and Eddie if they will come and join you live in a week or two to talk about the heritage tours and connecting with their Italian roots. I would love to see. Dawn, you must have the most fun pictures um, in in that tour and, and seeing these places. My, I was telling uh, Massimo before uh, when we did a little prep call a couple of days ago that um, I'm not sure where my family's from. I've never done the heritage um, look back, um, but we, my grandmother, who lived to 104, um, said that she was about an hour, uh, not an hour, a day's mule ride to Naples <laughs> from the town she lived in in the mountains outside of Naples. And, and you don't um, know the
1: name of the town?
0: I forget. One of my brothers knows.
1: Well, um, so probably, see, okay, so this is Italy. Imagine Italy. So Rome is here, central. Where we're at, we're exactly on the other side. Right? And Naples is the south of them. Right. So it's kind of like a triangle going like this. You, are, so if an hour mule ride, you're probably here. So you're almost halfway through between <laughs> us. So you probably are in the province of Benevento or Avellino. That's my guess. She
0: was, she was born in 1894, I think. Okay. Um, and she moved to America at 14 years old. Her brother was working in Brooklyn. He was, uh, he was a bartender for a German family that owned a bar. And he sponsored her. Uh, she came over at 14 years old by herself. Mm-hmm. Her parents said, you know, we need to get the kids out. We need to get them to a place where hopefully there's more opportunity for them. And uh, you know, when I when she, when I was little and she would tell us the story, she said it took about a day to go from the village into the city of Naples when she was a child. So yeah. that was her recollection. <laughs> well,
1: I think you should grab this opportunity and uh and discover yes. your roots. So well, all you have to do is uh Get uh, name, last name of your last ancestor, you know, yep. and that was born there, and then uh, and date of birth, and the name of the town, and then um, I can help you out with uh, rebuilding your family tree and see if you qualify for dual citizenship. There are some things that uh, needs to be done, but also just to see the village where she, the you know she came from and. And maybe you can do the mule ride as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, don't do that. Joan, would you recommend the mule rides?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I haven't personally experienced that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know they do that. I know they do that in Santorini, right? To get from, yeah. the, from the... No, but they're, they're
1: getting rid of that because they were saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that the, I think there was a big scandal because of some. Uh, Overweight American that went on the donkey yes, and going up the hill destroyed the donkey and
0: just <laughs> poor donkey. Well, Massimo, thank you so much for you, bet. Joan. Thank you for putting this together. Um, I've come to know you over the last three or four months and just really appreciate your love for culture, for food, for rich experiences. You know, there's a there's a there's an overused phrase in America, immersive travel experiences. And people try to tell you, I'm going to immerse you in the local culture. And when you look at the map of where Vasto is, and now you have to go inland to get to this palazzo, this is the real meaning of immersive because there there is no pretension in these tiny Italian towns. Um, And, you know, for people like me who tend to, end up more in the touristic places. Um, I am so looking forward to eventually making it to the Palazzo. I will be there one day, I promise you.
2: Sounds and, and good. You know that Massimo and his team, they just make it seamless. It's so easy, you know, to to get there. They pick you up at the airport in Rome and they take you back to the airport in Rome. And it's, it's just a brilliant way that it's put together. Yep. It's, it's a wonderful experience.
0: So Massimo, to you, Buona Pasqua. Grazie, grazie. And to you as Joan, I don't, I don't know what do you celebrate Easter What, what do you celebrate?
2: I, I, I do Passover, but we didn't do it this year.
0: Oh, okay. Well, a happy Passover and <laughs> an enjoyable meal on Sunday to you both. Thank you, my heart. And we will. I'm gonna get. Um, I'm gonna get Dawn and Eddie to talk about their trips and maybe bring their pictures in so they can show off um, their experiences. I'll, I'll really pressure them. I'll squeeze them like a good Italian will. Sounds good.
1: Grazie, grazie, mille grazie. Prego,
0: ciao. It's ciao, good to see everyone. you
1: all. Ciao, nice. ciao, Thank everybody. You. All my friends uh, all over America. Ciao,
0: ciao. bye Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community.